sometimes God gives us a promise that's not just conditioned on me obeying, but on both of us obeying. That sometimes we will not accomplish what God has given us as a corporate body because we won't work together. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, and glad you're with us as we continue our series, We Walk by Faith. And God has given us promises throughout Scripture that we are to cling to in faith. Some of those promises are conditional. We do need to be obeying the Lord for Him to uh, grant those promises. Sometimes those promises are individual. Other times they may be corporate. In other words, you may be following faithfully after God, but if those around you in ministry are not, well, then God is not obligated to meet those promises. You think of the Apostle Paul as he writes about unity in the body and the body of Christ all working together. That's such an important truth for us to grab a hold of, to understand, and then to apply. We do need to work together in obedience for God to fulfill all of those promises. Well, that's what we're going to continue to unpack and look at a little bit deeper today. So if you can, I hope you'll open your Bible and join us in Hebrews chapter 11 as we begin a message entitled, The Partnership of Faith. Here's Pastor Ford. Sometimes God just picks somebody out to bless them. And it has nothing to do with them, but it has everything to do with God. Uh, Let me show you what I mean. Uh, Sean, come here, man. I want to do something. I want to bless you, brother. I just want to bless you. Amen. So there's a $50 bill for you, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sister Luke, why don't you come on out here? I just want to bless you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way we respond when when God does it, huh? Amen. Just want to bless you. Amen. Just want to bless you. Amen. So so I know you're saying come out in in the congregation, but I'm not. (laughs) I'm not coming out there. Amen. This is just an illustration. Amen. Uh, But why did I do it? Just to illustrate. They didn't know uh, that I was going to give them a $50 bill. I gave out two of them this morning. And and I picked out the people that I picked out because I wanted to pick out those people. Now, I had a purpose in mind, but you don't know what the purpose is. And that's the way God operates. He has a higher purpose. And sometimes we focus on the immediate purpose without understanding God has an ultimate purpose. And and so I I wanted to illustrate immediately that God will just pick people out to bless them. But ultimately, he always has a design. As I understand it, both of those individuals are without jobs. Now you see the reason I picked them up, but you didn't know that. Many of you before didn't know my purpose, and that's the way God works. And often it's for one thing. Remember when the people of God were asked who who God was? They would identify him as Yahweh, but the other way they would identify him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now let me tell you what that means. God blesses people so he can then turn around and use those people as a reference. 
one of the four that I gave a $50 bill to will tell somebody that didn't come to church, guess what I got because I came to church, and then next week we'll be packed out. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but you get the idea. God wants to use us as a reference. Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't know Yahweh, but you do know Abraham, don't you? Well, well, I'm Abraham's God. You, you do know Isaac, right? Remember Isaac? I'm Isaac God. You, you remember Jacob? You remember Jacob? I'm Jacob's God. God wants to use us as a reference because the only way some people will know that God can heal a broken marriage is when you tell him, God heal my broken marriage. The only way they'll know that God can rid you of cancer in your body is when you testify that God has gotten rid of the cancer in my body. The only way some people know that God can bring wayward children back from the far land when they've hooked up all of their vehicles and said, far land ho, is when you tell them that God brought my child back from the far land. Amen. And so he wants to use us as a reference. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm not a very good reference. Well, well, guess what? He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, here's the question. What do you mean, Jacob? Don't you mean Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? Because you changed his name. So why use his old name? Because somebody needs to know that I am a God who is not ashamed to be identified with that which is the worst in you. So then I take what is the worst in you, and then I deal with that worst in you, because I take you just as you are, but I don't leave you that way. And I transform you, and the very thing that used to be a detriment, that everybody says, he's this, he's that, is the same thing that I use as a supplement, so that everybody can know that it's not about you, but the God who's able to transform your life and turn your mess into a message. I ain't gonna get no help in here. I wish I had a praying church. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so God is not ashamed to be identified with the worst in us. Let me explain it this way. Jesus doesn't use us because of our person. Jesus uses us because of his purpose. Yeah, I think that's profound. See, here's what I'm trying to get you to see as we walk through the hall of faith. Take heart. All of God's heroes and sheroes have faults. And I'm here to tell you that your faults won't disqualify you. That as a matter of fact, some of us, our faults qualify us to be used by God. You want to know why? Because it's certain then that he'll get all the glory. Yeah, the next time you feel like Jesus can't use you, remember, Noah was a drunk, and when he got off the boat, he got himself some MD-2020 and got drunk. Uh, don't forget that Abraham was a liar. He said that his fine wife Sarah uh, was his sister. Don't forget that Jacob was a deceiver, a manipulator, uh, a flim-flam man. Don't forget that Leah, she was just ugly, and God used her. Joseph was abused and, and had problems. He was the black sheep of the family. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was a wimp. 
Rahab was a hoe, and so was Samson. Mm -hmm. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. <laughs> Jonah disobeyed God and tried to run away from him. And, and, and now you know this is funny. You know this is funny. How are you going to run away from the God that's everywhere? Mm-mm-mm. And so on and on, Naomi was bitter, Job went bankrupt, Peter cussed and carried a switchblade and would cut you as soon as look at you. All of God's heroes and sheroes had flaws. Martha didn't have her priorities straight and worried about everything. The Samaritan woman, she had five husbands. And the one she was living with, she was shacking. She came to Jesus and he said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you got that right. He said, you have five, and you shacking right now. She said, I perceived I ought to profit. <laughs> yeah. Paul, the greatest Christian who ever lived, murdered Christians. And don't forget, he used Lazarus, and Lazarus was dead. And so when we look at it, why me? Because nothing, Wilbur Matthews would always say, is as powerful as a good example. Nothing is as powerful as a good example. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way, faith is taking a step when you don't see the whole staircase. I like that. Well, that is a great picture, isn't it? Really a vivid description of faith. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr. and a message entitled The Partnership of Faith. We'll get back to this teaching in just a moment. But want to let you know that if you ever have a question for Pastor Ford, maybe something that he's been preaching about has raised a question in your mind, or as you can tell, he's passionate about relationships and you've got a question along those lines, you can always ask your question. Send us a note at our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. And we'll make sure that Pastor Ford uh, receives those questions. And who knows, we may answer one of those on a future broadcast. Again, to get a hold of us, it's treasuretruthradio.org. Let's get back to this message on Sarah. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. So let me give you the background real quick because some of you haven't been with us with the previous eight messages. So we started off talking about what the writer of the book of Hebrews is talking about, Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 10, 1 through 18, he gives us revelation. So he gives us precepts about the person of Jesus. And he tells us uh, uh, about him coming and he tells us that he's the tabernacle. Uh, so then you have that in the Old Testament. The tabernacle represented the visible presence of the invisible God. Who is Jesus? The visible presence of the invisible God. So everything in the tabernacle, every nut, every bolt, every veil, every linen, every wood, all of it pointed to Jesus Christ. And he goes through and tells us then, and we find it in John 1.1 1, 1, and John, uh, John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh and tabernacle among us, became the visible representation of the invisible God. Then he goes through, and, and the part that ties to what we're going to study today is that Jesus volunteered. He says, prepare me a body, and I'll go down, and I'll redeem mankind on our behalf. And so he goes all the way through. In verses 19 through 20, he gives us illumination, which gives us perception. In other words, I have to understand what I can't understand. 
And the only way I can understand what I can't understand is if God gives me the understanding. So he, look, he goes from revelation to illumination. That's the perception. Then 21 through 25, what, once I understand, then I have to apply it. So he goes in 21 through 25 to application, which is personal. Now I have made it mine. Now I really know I believe the Bible because only what I obey is what I believe. Let me say that again because that went over somebody's head. Only what I obey is what I really believe. Then he goes in verses 26 through 32, and he talks about evaluation, which is preview. Now, we're in Hebrews 11, which is demonstration. One picture is worth a thousand words. So all he's going to do in Hebrews 11 is give us pictures of faith. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, he'll give us the explanation of faith. Then in verses 4 through 32, he'll give us the examples of faith. Then in verses 33 through 36, he'll tell us about the endurance of faith. And then in 37 and 38, the expectation of faith. Now, I'm just walking you down to where we are. So we started off talking then about Abel, the worship of faith, that he teaches us how to worship God by faith. Then we looked at Enoch walking by faith. Then we looked at Noah working by faith. Now we're dealing with Abraham waiting by faith. See, that's the hardest thing for us to do. And we finished that. Uh, but I just want to say a, a couple other things about stuff that I didn't get a chance to talk about in the other message. And that is this, that he's waiting. One time I went to, uh, I used to get my hair done by Major Matthews. And so I come in, I said, I'm in a hurry today. I can't wait a whole long time. So they said, wash him up. So they shampooed me. Then they put the conditioner in. And then they had me sitting there. And I said, Major, I told you I have to go. Get this stuff out of my head. He said, listen, let me tell you, this is conditioner, not shampoo. Look, it, it all is greasy and it foams up. That's all I know. I got to go. He said, no, I have to leave it in there. Because while the conditioner is in there, it's taking those naps and uncurling them. And it's sending, it's sending the essence of the chemicals down to the base. It has to have time to get there. And I wrote it down. I said, man, we don't want to wait on God. But we got to realize that what God is doing is working things out. So that the waiting process is part of the overall process for the fulfillment of what God has promised. And many of us wash it out too soon. And so he told us that Abraham demonstrates the waiting of faith by verse 8, how he left. Verse 9, how he lived. And verse 10, how he looked. So verse 10 says uh, that he looked for a city. Now get this and then let's move on. There was the city that was behind him. That's Ur of the Chaldees. Then there was the city that was beside him. That was the promised land. But this text says the reason he could hold on is because he was looking for the city that was beyond him. Here's all I want to tell you, that his motivation, his highest motivation, was not having a Mercedes chariot down here on earth. But his highest motivation was looking forward to heaven. So then here's what he teaches us. Heaven is not only a destination, but heaven ought to be a motivation. Well, let me move on. Let me move on because he's not looking around. He's looking ahead. Where are you looking? And so then we, we break into our text today. 
And it says this, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Now get this, because now he brings Sarah in. I think this is very, very important because he's showing us that sometimes God gives us a promise, Pastor Lyles, that's not just conditioned on me obeying, but on both of us obeying. That, that what he's got about to demonstrate is what I'm going to call the partnership of faith that sometimes we will not accomplish what God has given us as a corporate body because we won't work together. Remember Warren Wiersbe? He said it best, to live above with saints in love. Oh, that will be glory. But to live here below with some of these saints I know, now that's another story. (laughs) And so he's demonstrating to us the partnership of faith, that, that Sarah, don't leave her out, that Sarah is just as important to the fulfillment of this promise as Abraham was, even if her name is not mentioned in the book of Genesis when I called her. Now, 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 let me just say this. It, this is a good passage to talk about marriage, you know? It, it, it is, but I'm not, I don't want to talk about marriage. But I do want to go back to Genesis. And remember what happened in Genesis? We, we study this all the time. You ought to know it by heart. I will make for him a help me. What was that word? Anybody remember? Ezer. What does it mean? Helper. So how many people in the Old Testament are called Ezer? Two. Who are they? Okay, so God or, or, or the Lord Jesus Christ and a woman. What does the principle teach us? That in a marriage relationship, you must be, as a husband, rightly related to your wife because there are only some blessings that the big easer will channel through the little easer. And if you're not rightly related to her, you will miss out on the blessing that God has that he will only give to the family through the wife. You remember that? So this is a good passage to illustrate that. But I just want to talk about the partnership of faith. So let's walk through this text, and and let me show you uh, this partnership. But before we do, help me preach this thing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. What am I missing out on? Because I won't partner with you. Right, right, right. So let's walk through. Let's look at this text. Notice, first of all, the partnership of faith. Normally, uh, we take our titles from the overall theme. I decided to take it from the first point. The partnership of faith. Now, let's read it. Through faith also, stop. Every word is inspired. It's called what? Verbal plenary inspiration. It's a $50 word with a $5 meaning. What does it mean? Every word is God breathed. God doesn't waste words. He's like my mama. He doesn't stutter. So he doesn't waste words or mince words. That word is there for a reason. Now, why stop on one word? This is the only place in this chapter where the word is inserted. So let's walk through. Get your Bibles. Open your Bibles. Look at what it says in verse 5. By faith, Enoch. What's missing? Also. Oh, thank both of you for helping me with that. Uh, Verse 7. By faith, Noah. What's missing? 
Oh, thank all six of y'all for helping me with that. Verse 8, by faith Abraham, what's missing? Oh, yeah, thank all of y'all for that. Verse, verse uh, 17, by faith Abraham, what's missing? Uh, uh, verse 20, by faith Isaac, what's missing? Verse 21, by faith Jacob, what's missing? Uh, verse 22, by faith Joseph, what's missing? By faith Moses, verse 23, what's missing? Verse 24, by faith Moses, what's missing? Verse 27, by faith he, what's missing? What's missing? Now why, now here's, listen, a good Bible student is going to ask themselves, why is this the only place where the word also is inserted? You want to know why? Because inquiring minds want to know. Ain't that right, Brother Ross? You got, a good Bible teacher says, wait a minute, this is the only place it is. Why is it? Now, let me tell you why. Because he wants us to know that you can't fulfill some things by yourself. That the promise may be given to you personally for a corporate entity, and they need to be a part of what's going on. Why are we in this new sanctuary? Kenny Grant said this. He said, you know why you're having so much trouble? He said, because they don't believe that God can build a new sanctuary. They believe you believe that God can build a new sanctuary. And I said, well, I disagree on that. He said, why do you disagree on that? Because... Many of them are giving their hard-earned money, which means then they believe because you're not giving your money when you don't believe. Put your money where your mouth is, or better in this context, where your faith is. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr., and there's much more to come in this message on Sarah and the partnership of faith. If you want to make sure that you don't miss any of the broadcasts in this message, just come to our website and sign up to begin podcasting the program. The website is treasuretruthradio.org. Well, here at Moody Radio, we're committed to teaching the Bible in a way that everyone can understand and then equipping you with resources to take this study further on your own. And that's a topic of a book that we're making available called Making Sense of the Bible, and we'd love for you to have a copy yourself. Author David Whitehead is an expert in making the Bible accessible. He's the founder of a ministry called The Daily Bible Verse, directed at getting men and women into God's Word on a daily basis. As you read, you're going to be introduced to men like David, Moses, and Abraham in fresh new ways. And you're going to learn about topics like writing styles of the Bible, the poetry of the Bible, and the reason for so many English translations today. So when you give a gift of any amount to support Moody Radio, we're going to send you a copy of Making Sense of the Bible. Just call 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuretruthradio.org or if you'd prefer to send a check, our address is Treasure Truth Radio, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Your gift of any amount ensures that God's Word is taught here on this station. If you value hearing from teachers like Pastor Ford, give your financial support today and request Making Sense of the Bible. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or our website is treasuredtruthradio.org. 
Our producer is Amy Rios. I'm Steve Hiller, and we'll continue the Partnership of Faith tomorrow as Pastor Ford returns. So join us for Treasured Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.